0: For today's message, uh, we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verses 13 to 16, Matthew chapter 5, and uh, these are the words of the Lord Jesus, and uh, it happens in, in a mountain, right, it's a scenario where the Lord goes to the mountain and he calls his disciples to himself and they come, and then he starts speaking to them and we know Of this sermon, Uh, we actually call them the Beatitudes, um, but it's actually a longer sermon. It spans across, uh, you know, different topics and so on. So after the Beatitudes is when he, he says this to his disciples, the ones who are followers of the Lord, right? So he says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Amen. So he says this, he declares this over his disciples, over his followers. And so we know that it's it's true today as well. We are his disciples, we are his followers. It's as if the Lord is declaring over us and saying, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So he uses these word pictures like salt and light. And um, it's a very, very simple, you know, to understand and very difficult to, uh, you know, forget, right? We, it's, it's very difficult to forget. We always know, we have these word pictures, salt and light. And he's saying, you be that, you are that, you be that, uh, you are, in fact, um, he, he says that. Uh, he says, you are the salt. And uh, so in, in saying this, he's actually describing who we are. He's actually giving us identity and purpose. He's saying, this is who you are. Like many of us ask that question, you know, who am I really? And maybe in our teens, uh, you know, we start asking, you know, who am I really? I have this, I have that, I, ha- I can do this, and, and the other. And if you've uh, been in any management class, they ask that question in H.I. You know, Why don't you do that exercise, who am I? And out comes the answer. And we talk about various things. Right, things that we have and, and uh, the answer could be based on our, our abilities and so on. Here, the Lord is giving us identity. And he's saying, you know, this is who you are. He's saying you are the salt of the earth. Right. So let's just consider salt for a moment. You know, salt an everyday object. Right. How many of you use salt? Right, breakfast, eggs, you know. And um, so he's saying you are the salt. You are the salt. And we know that. Uh, you know, any dish that you make, um, there's some amount of salt, right? I know there could be reduced salt, or, uh, but there's some amount of salt. And s- we know that salt permeates or spreads. Salt permeates. So he's saying you are the salt. You are the one who, you know, your quality is this, that you spread, you permeate, you spread. And we know that salt also uh, influences so, in other words, he's saying, you know, you are this. You are influencers. You shape. You shape thoughts. He's giving us this metaphor. You shape public opinion. You shape culture. You shape traditions and practices. You are salt. You are influencers, right? And we know that salt also flavors. I'm a big, big you know, big advocate of salt. You know, if something doesn't taste right, I'm just, why don't you add some salt? Salt also, you know, salt somehow brings the flavor, yes or no? Right, somehow brings the flavor. And, uh, you know, everybody's happy again, right? Salt brings the flavor. And, and in, in other words, the Lord is saying, you are the salt. You bring the flavor out. Right? You bring that flavor out. You you make things pleasant. You are the salt. And salt also, we know salt also preserves I know, uh, you know, uh, my grandparents, when we used to visit them, uh, summer vacation time, uh, they used to, uh, I forget what it's called, but in Tamil we used to call it upukandam, right? It's like uh, salted meat, it's dried, moisture is taken out, and but, but mixed with a lot of salt, and the salt actually preserves the meat, right? So salt is a preservative, you know, we know pickles, you know, a lot of salt and meat preserves, salt preserves, prevents decay, so you and I, as salt, we are called to be preservers, right? And, and metaphorically speaking, you know, we are, we are called to prevent decay, which means that uh, in the environments we are there, if there is something that is decaying, you know, if there is corruption, if there is moral decay or breakdown, you know, we are called to prevent that, We are called to preserve the values that are there. We are called to, you know, preserve that and prevent decay. Amen. So in one word, we get so much. We get so much. And the Lord is saying, this is who you are. You know, if you notice, he didn't say, why don't you become the salt? Right? No, then that would be, okay, let's look at five things that we need to do in order to be salt. Right, become the salt. He's saying, you are. Hey, this is who you are. Right, as a follower of the Lord Jesus, there's something that he's done in our hearts. There's something you know, deep down that he's done in our hearts. And all we can be is that just be who he has called us to be. Be the salt. So can we say that together? You know, I am the salt of the earth. The you know, just tell your neighbor, I, you are the salt of the earth. Okay. Right. Was that convincing? Okay, if, 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 if not, you know, do it again. You know, you are the salt of the earth. <laughs> Come on. You know, and we and the thing is this, it's not because it's it's a good concept and it's you know it's nice. But the fact is, this is reality. This is the truth. Right? The one who is the living word spoke these words, and he's saying, you are the salt of the earth. And, uh, and salt, you know, the way it works is, uh, is, really, is really nice. And when we can compare with the light, we will know. Let's look at the second word, light. Light is unmistakable, right? Light just shows up. You don't have to describe too much. Light just permeates. You switch on and there it is, right? Light dispels darkness. Doesn't There's no apology, you know. Darkness, can you please leave? You know, in two minutes... Know, I'm going to take over. No. Light just comes, takes over completely, dispels darkness, permeates, gives clarity. You know we are so comfortable when we have light. Right? when there's, we're struggling and somebody switch on, switches on the light and suddenly like, "Ah, yeah, thank you. You know we do that in the office all the time. Everybody's just working, and you know it's, uh, it's sundown, and, and everybody's just working on the computer, and suddenly somebody switches on the light and it's like, "Ah, that is nice. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Light just brings clarity, brings clarity, dispels darkness. And the Lord is saying, you know, you are the light of the world. Awesome, isn't it? He's looking at us. He's saying, you are the light of the world. Now, there were all kinds of people who were following the Lord. We know that they lived messed up lives. We know that they didn't have it all together. And there was Peter, and we know what he did. And, and, And he's looking at his disciples and saying, you are light of the world you are the light of the world and i believe in 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 those times um we had these jewish rabbis and uh, and they were given those titles you know lamp of the universe light of the world and they were distinguished people you know with much learning they knew the scriptures and they knew it by heart and and it was actually used very pompously by them some of them right Uh, oh there goes the lamp of the universe and must have sounded very strange. The Lord is looking at these ordinary folks and he's saying, hey, you guys, you are the light of the world. And this morning, the Lord is declaring over each one of us, saying, you are the light of the world. Amen. So shall we say that together. I am Amen. the light of the world. Right? It's not a statement of arrogance or pride, but it's a statement of humility. Right? Because the Lord says it. And because he says it, we receive it and we declare it over our lives. I am the light of the world. It's not that one day I will be. By virtue of just being his disciples, by virtue of what has happened to us because we are born again, by virtue of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, we can say, I am the light of the world. right? And if you see light and salt, they operate in different ways. The Lord didn't say, okay, guys, you know, uh, salt is very quiet, just goes about doing its work. I, I can actually taste it, but I can't really see it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's heard or experienced, but it's not seen. So all you quiet guys, you know, all you quiet people, you are the salt of the earth. Did he say that? No. You know, all you lives of the party, you, you walk into a room and everybody looks at you and you're so loud and, and all that. All you guys, you are the light. Did he say that? No. He says, you know, both. And there are times when we have to be salt. And there are times when we have to be light. And he's also saying, you know, you are like a city that is on a hill that cannot be hidden. There's no way you're going to cover it up. It's very visible. It's on display. You're on a city on a hill. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. It's there to dispel darkness. It's there to, you know, uh, to shine that light so that everyone can see. So that is who we are. So it doesn't depend on our personality or how we are. No, no, if, if we've been thinking that way, let's just put it aside. The Lord has called us to be salt, And if he has called us to be salt, we can be salt. Amen. If he says, you know, you are, then that is who we are. If he says, you are the light, then that is who we are. So there are times when we have to be salt, And there are times when we have to be light. But this is our identity, and the Lord gives it as a, you know, we can take it as a compliment, but along with it comes responsibility, right? So we know that our life is not an isolated life. It's not something that we live for ourselves. It's not something that we say, okay, you know, this is my life. I want to do this, 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 and that. It's not wrapped with ourselves. There are others whom we have to touch. There are others who... Who need us. Seems, it might seem a little strange. There are others. And that's how the Lord designed the whole thing. That we would be salt. That we would be light to someone. Right? That we would be that person who brings about change. That, would, that we would be that person who brings about the flavors of God. Like salt. Bring about that God flavor in the workplace. You, know, you might be saying, okay, I'm a student. You know, how can I be? right? As a student, you are the salt and you are the light, right? Where you are in your school, in your college, you know, as a, as a workplace professional, you are the salt and you are the light. And maybe as a, as a homemaker, you are the salt and you are the light. There are other lives that are connected with you. Nobody is living an isolated, insulated life, right? Uh, you might be saying, okay, let's say, you know, you're, I'm saying, you, you might be saying, okay, I'm a homemaker, There's no one else I can, you know. There's no going out into the world, but the fact is, there are many lives who are connected. There's the milkman who comes in the morning, there's the grocery person who comes, there's the newspaper person who comes, and there are those neighbors who are there, and there are those children who are growing up. You know, when you read about John Wesley, and you know, their mother was such an influence, such an influence, very strong influence. And we know, Charles Wesley and John Wesley, you know what they did. The whole Methodist church and the movement and how they shook those continents for the Lord. So, wherever we are, whatever our sphere of influence is, we are called to be salt and light. We are called to bring God's influence to that place. So... In verse 16, this is what he says. Where he says, let your light so shine before men that they s- may see your good works and glorify your God, your Father in heaven. He's saying, let your light so shine. And he goes on to say how this light is going to shine. Right? He says, let your light so shine. And then he says, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when he, when he asks us to shine the light, yes, it is the, to shine the light of the gospel, to bring in illumination and, and so on. But it, so that people might see the good works, wherever we are. Good works, wherever we are. That people might see it, and this is how we do it. In our talking, in our shining, in our everything, that we bring the good works. That we through our good works, people will glorify our Father in heaven. So this is why we shine the end result, the objective is that that Father God is glorified. Right? Father God is glorified. they are looking at the good works, but at the end He is glorified. He is glorified. He is honored. So let's look at uh, um, quickly just break down and see, you know, he's saying see your good works and um, that word good in Greek means Carlos. You can describe it this way. Admirable, commendable, excellent, genuine, precious, pure, competent and honorable. Right? Admirable, commendable, excellent, genuine, precious. So So we can ask, you know, in my whatever I do, and how can I bring these qualities? How can I bring these qualities to the work that I do? is it good is it commendable is it honorable is it precious now it could be a work that we do it could be writing code it could be maybe you know as a doctor it could be as a lawyer it could be as a teacher but the work that i do is it commendable is it admirable it is honorable good kalos you know i want to share about um, you know our house help uh, we call her marika we've known her since 97 you know we moved house and she also you know com- came and helped us out and um, yeah, there could be many faults, but, uh, you know, but then one thing, we, can, we cannot fault her work. You know, when she's there in the kitchen, when she's done, you know that she was there. It is spotless. You know, we might have cooked for whatever, you know, we might have entertained, but by the time she's done, and we tell her, you know, America, you know, let's, um, you know, let's do it in the morning. You know, why don't you go, why don't you rest? Let's do it in the morning. She said, no, no, no. She has to wash, she has to, you know, put those uh, vessels out uh, for drying, and she has to, you know, clean those slabs. It's spotless, I tell you. And of course, now she's taken a gap here, and in the sense, you know she's kind of you know coming and going and, and, and so on. But we know the days when she's there, and she's come and gone, spotless. So what do we do with our hands, right? It doesn't mean that it's it's only you know some great, significant, amazing things, but simple stuff. That email that we send, you know, honorable, commendable, simple tasks that we do, right? Good. So he's saying, by these good works, the Father is glorified. So let's look at the word work. And in Greek, it's a Greek word called ergon, which, which means business, employment, and anything by which one is occupied enterprise, any undertaking, any product, whatever, anything accomplished by hand or art or, or something that you use your mind, put your mind to. It's an act, a deed, or a thing that is done. So it's something that we work, right? So he's saying, Carlos are gone. Good work. Carlos are gone. Good works. So that people would see these good works. And glorify the Father. So you might say, okay, uh, what is the good work that I need to do? What is that good work? What is my good work? Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has already prepared these good works. We are his workmanship. He has prepared these good works that that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them as we go through life. So as believers, we are called to discover what these good works are. And walk in them. And the objective? Yes, you know, the byproduct of it is, yes, we have a living and, and all that. And, but the fact is that, the, the, the end result is that He is glorified. That God is glorified. We also see that the supernatural works are good works. John chapter 10 and verse 32, the Lord Jesus says, many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Right? They picked up these stones and they wanted to stone him. And they say, many good works. And what are those good works that he showed them? All those healings and deliverance and, and, uh, and, and all the miracles that, that he did, the supernatural works of God. So these are good works, right? Right? Uh, Acts chapter 10 talks about how the Lord Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good. And destroying the works of the enemy. So these good works are the supernatural works of God. So God has called us, he has called us to do these good works. Things that are commendable. Things that are honorable. Which point to the Lord. That's the second part of the verse. Like. Which bring glory to the Father. Which bring glory to the Father. You know, when we work, is God being glorified? It could be art, it could be, it could be something artistic that we're putting out. Is God being glorified? Is God being glorified? You know, sometimes we tend to idolize the process, idolize the method. Right? And I think that's what we looked at. In our arts, con- uh, in our, in our, F- at Flow, the Christian arts conference, and uh, Pastor shared about that, right? Sometimes we, we tend to idolize, idolize the method, idolize the expression itself, idolize the artist. But the fact is, these are pointing, these are meant to point to the one who's the creator. So in our works, in our supernatural works, and everything, in the work that we do, uh, we are There to point to the Father so that he gets the honor, he gets the glory, and he is glorified. Now these works of excellence are supernatural works. They open doors. They create platforms for us to share, to invite people, to invite the kingdom of God into their lives. So let's not take it lightly. When the Lord says, you know, you are salt, you are light, just go ahead, let's be that, let's be that. Though there might be many reasons, you might be saying, you know, I'm, uh, the environment is not good. You know, I want to be salt, uh, I'm, I know I'm reading it there, but I'm just waiting for that right environment. The Lord didn't say anything about the environment, right? He just says, start where you are. I remember listening to a, you know, a message many years ago by um, uh, Mrs. Safia Mirza, uh, uh, a cassette tape, and, he, and, the, and the title of that message is "Bloom Where You Are Planted." Bloom Where You Are Planted. So the Lord is not talking about the environment, you know, the, the goodness of the environment, but the perfect environment. In fact, in, in the book of Isaiah, we see that, you know, you that the promise that the Lord is saying, you will be like a well-watered garden, and we say, Hallelujah! Yes, Lord. I'm going to thrive, flourish. You'll be like a well-watered garden. And the next part of the verse is in a dry place. You will be like a well-watered garden in a dry place. So let's not blame the environment. Let's be the salt. Let's be the light where we are. In fact, when it's the darkest, that's the environment where where we are called to shine. That's the place where we are called to shine. And the Lord can do amazing things. Amazing things in us and through us. Amen. And, and the vision of all people's church, what is it? To be salt and light. In the city of Bangalore, you know, all of us uh, and the nation as well, to be salt and light. You know, wherever we are. Whichever season of life you are in. You know, don't discount yourself. Let's not discount you know, ourselves. Let's not check out and say, no, no, that I used to do that, but now I don't. No, the Lord did not give any such qualifiers. He's just saying, be the salt and be the light. So, this morning, let's think, let's ask the Lord, Lord, what are those adjustments that I need to make? You know, in terms of attitude, in terms of perception, let's ask the Lord for you know, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh vision in the place where we are. You know, if you are complaining about the environment, let's ask God, Lord, you give me your eyes. You know, how do you see this, Lord? How do you see this city? How do you see this workplace? You know, all I see are complainers. All I see are backstabbers. Lord, all I see are people who are arrogant, walking about, just, just waiting to pull me down. But Lord, what do you see, God? What do you see, Lord? You know, the first time I actually spoke publicly I was, I was completely overwhelmed because I was, it was in, in school, in class, and I was so used to seeing one pair of eyes looking at me, you know, right there. And then the teacher said, okay, why don't you come? And I suddenly came forward and, and there were suddenly these 50 pairs of eyes looking at me. The whole, you know, the whole perspective changed, right? The whole view changed and nothing would come out. I was so overwhelmed, no words would come out. When God gives us that perspective, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming, so, I mean, oh God, there's so much need. Oh God, there's so much wickedness. Oh God, you know, there's so much pain. But the Lord's saying, I'm there. I'm there. know, he says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. We are carrying the presence of God. The Holy Spirit, the creator of heaven and earth indwells us. Do you believe that? We invited him. He indwells us. And He's, he will manifest his glory. He will manifest his glory. All we need to do is be there and be that. Be good at work. Be good at the small things that we do. Be good at the big things that we do. And be excellent in it. And we know that excellent is not perfection. Excellent is every time bettering our best. And we say, you know, I was like this, but I'm, I'm going to do these small tweaking. I'm going to make these small changes. I'm going to be excellent in my offering, whatever I bring. You know, I know my boss is like this, but I'm going to be excellent. I know the teacher doesn't like me, but, but I'm going to work at it. And you know, I'm not going to hate the subject because of my teacher. Right? Sometimes you know, we, gr- we grow up like that because of the teacher. You know, Sometimes we make a joke out of it. Oh man, if only I had a better science teacher. Right? I would have been in the IITs and look at this, look at me. No, <laughs> greater is he who is in us. Amen. And he, will, he wants out, he wants to touch. The, whole, the river wants to flow out and bring life. So let's not be the ceiling, but let's just be those doors that we are called to be. Right? The scripture says, open up, lift up, l- open your doors and let the king of glory come in. Let the king of glory have his way. Amen. Just call the worship team up. And um, even as we sing this song, let's just ask the Lord. Lord, what is it? What is it that you want me to do specifically? What is it that you want me to do specifically, God? To be the salt. To be the light. To let the light shine brightly. Or am I putting things under the basket, under the bushel? Am I covering up with all these kind of excuses? You know, let your light shine, Lord. Can we make that our prayer? Let your light shine, Lord. Oh, give us a new sense of identity and purpose. Lord, help us to look at ourselves the way you see us, Lord. Help help us to look at the world outside the way you see, Lord. For your eyes, eyes of compassion and faith. For nothing is impossible to you, Lord. And I just pray, God, that each one of us, Lord, that we will discover even as we walk along with you, even as we hold your hands and walk, Lord, that we will discover the good works that you already prepared beforehand. Now, can we just pray that prayer? Lord, what are those good works that you've already prepared beforehand? Can you cause me to walk in it, Lord? Can you cause me to walk in it? The Lord Jesus, when he told his disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you. But there's movement, you know, we start following him. And in that process, he's making us. He's perfecting us. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. I just pray that you would fill us one more time with your spirit. Pray especially for those who are discouraged. Disappointed. I just want to pray for those, those of us, you know, who, who really ran the race well. But for some reason, because of pain, disappointment, you know, we just slowed down and let the weights of the world just slow us down. And we just stop running. And this morning, I believe the Lord is saying, you know, just rise up. Just rise up. Start talking to the Lord again. The Lord is just waiting for those conversations. For those times when you used to pour out your heart to the Lord. And somewhere along the line you stopped doing that. The Lord is just waiting. The Lord is just waiting. Lord, I pray that each one of us will come back to that place of intimacy. For in that place of intimacy, the Lord gives us the authority, the authority to go out and do what he's called us to do. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources including sermon, sermon notes, TV programs, publications, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcwo.org slash Bible College. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play stores.